listening to Episcopal Youth Ministry in ATL. Another episode of Episcopal Youth Ministry in ATL. The song you just heard was Church Clap by KB and Lecrae. I'm here with Wallace and Ashley, two of the biggest Lecrae fans in the nation. Yep. Did that uh, song make you feel anything? It made me want to clap. Oh. In any specific location? Well, maybe back and forth, and then front, front, back, back, side, 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 side. Something like that. The answer I was looking for was clap, because the, or church, because the name of the song is I don't church know. clap. Cool. Ashley, how do you feel about this crazy music the kids are listening to nowadays? Feel a little pretty look crazy. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> was I, it? I enjoyed that. Are you going to so, ask how I'm feeling? How are you feeling, Wallace? Well, stuffed up. <laughs> I don't know which one I hated more. <laughs> so... Today, we wanted to talk about music. Um, music is a, a big part of youth ministry, and there are a lot of discussions in the church, especially when it comes to people under the age of, you know, young people, um, about what role does music play? What kind of music should we have in church? Is that music different from youth group? And so... Jason Mraz only. Yeah, no. Um, so let's start by just getting a base of like what role does music play in what you do at your church and is there a difference between the music you listen to at youth group or put on at youth group versus something on Sunday morning and is that different to things you listen to personally I um, am not particularly musically inclined um and we only just got a new youth leader who plays the guitar. So we really haven't been incorporating music very much at youth group at all. Um, but I do put on in the background, like, praise and worship music from YouTube. It <laughs> just <laughs> plays on a loop. Um, and I like it. I think it's good. I mean, not to say there aren't plenty of wholesome secular songs from which you could draw any sort of faith or theological inspiration so that's all i have to say the funny thing about what you just said was i have a i had a youth come up to me a few weeks ago and be like yeah i've been listening to a lot of christian music lately like the fray no and i'm like the fray's not christian right. just because they say god in the song right. cable car man right. cable car yeah <laughs> shoot <laughs> so wallace what about you i know you play guitar i do um but so it's interesting i don't usually include or I have not done a great job of incorporating uh, music into what we do on at Sunday school or um, at youth group. A lot of times when we have music either playing, um, it's usually during a game or something like that. And uh, and I realize that I think that it's hilarious to watch kids listen to music that they know, but then they realize that it's kids bop singing it. And there's a joy that washes over me when I see their faces uh kind of ball up with like fury as they realize that these little kids are butchering songs that, that they really like. Um, 
Especially when it's, uh, I can't think of any songs right now. So do you play kids bop at youth group? Uh, yeah. Um, but not, uh, not often. It's more like when we're in the, if we're going on a trip and we're in a car oh. or if we're, so if there's an activity that requires music. So, um, not that we play musical chairs, but it, were we to play a game <laughs> similar to musical chairs, that would be a reason to put on like kids bop. Um, just because they, they get into the song and then they think that, then they realize that it's kids singing it and that they're replacing, you know, their favorite swear words with milkshake and other things <laughs> like that. I was really hoping one of us would have like a strong music program in our youth groups. Cause I don't either like, and that's different for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've, my first church job was playing guitar uh, for the youth choir. And then I worked at a school where I was the director of contemporary worship music. So that was like my job to play guitar. Um, So it's weird to be in a youth group where no one sings. Right. I mean, they have a youth choir, but it's like, I hate to say actual music, but you know what I mean. Um, But we used to, and then, and then the guy who played the guitar quit quit coming and so you had a youth choir no we had like we had a section in youth group on tuesday nights where we would just sing and they would they were a little songbook and they would just like holler out what they wanted to sing and he would play it and they would sing it and what were we some would... of the favorites oh uh, i there a lot of them were canuga people so th- mm. whatever they sing there i don't know i don't i didn't go to summer camp at canuga so. we have a large canuga presence and so you have to speak with them speak about them with a lot more reverence i love that no i love i'm just i'm ignorant i i'll i'll admit that to mm. to the happenings of yeah. canuga well i know like music plays a large part at the episcopal summer camps i've been to and you did a program at one about songs yeah what did you do because like i've heard like, people have been like, did you hear what Ashley did? Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, but then they walk away. Right. So, like, that tell me what you lot. did <laughs> and, like, how you did it. Yeah. Uh, really, it was Dan Mur- Murphy who was at the helm. Um, but we were the dean staff at youth camp at Camp Michael last year, and we talked about the theology of the songs that we sing at camp. So everybody loves One Tin Soldier. But what on earth is that song about? You know, and and so what we did each day, for I mean, for better or worse, we did like an African Bible study with the with the text. And so if you've not done that, it's slowly reading the text and drawing out one word that stands out to you, and then going around talking about it. Then read it again and pick out a phrase that stands out to you. Talk about it read it again and pick out sort of a theme that sticks out to you. And it just forced everyone to slow down and understand what it is we're saying when we when we sing these things. And, you know, a hymn or a song, well, so a hymn is, is a text. It's not about the tune. It's about the words. And so looking at the text, just standing alone without the tune that makes you us feel good and happy and want to dance or not um or sway or sway or clap or whatever uh it's helpful to sort of take a take a look at that and say what am i actually saying what does this mean um and that helped folks i think grab onto those songs even harder and know and know what 
how valuable they really are, you know? And, and so the idea was not to sort of say, these are terrible songs with terrible theology. Look, you better learn that. It's like, what, what, you love this song. Why do you love it? Why do you really love it? Did you have one that you were like, hey, this is not kosher? I don't think we did. I don't, because we really wanted to be sensitive not to blow up anybody's favorite song, you know? And so an example would be the song Unconditional Love. And it says, give me your unconditional love, the kind I either do not deserve or the kind I do deserve. And the lyrics at Camp Michael, at least, were do not for the longest time. And then they switched to do or vice versa. And... I don't know that either one is right or wrong, but it's worth sort of having the conversation. Are we worthy of God's love? Yes. Do we deserve it? I don't know. You know, and like, have we, have we earned it? I don't know. You know, it's, it's a whole bigger conversation. And so forcing the kids to sit down and think about it was really pretty neat. Yeah. Do you think this is something that like kids pick up on? Cause like, I wonder sometimes if it's, if I'm just singing stuff and I just like the song because it plays the right guitar chords that I like, or if like in a weird way, it's this theology of a song is sinking into my mind. Like, do you think kids just go through it or youth go through it just bopping along? Or do you think it's something that kind of gets into their head and they don't even realize what they're singing and thinking about informing them? I think about songs like Sanctuary, which mm which we all sort of love to pretend like we hate, but it's really actually a beautiful song. <laughs> also, my thing about Sanctuary is every diocese writes their own yeah, words to it. Right. Like we have the one. Right. And then it starts, just like you could travel to California. Right. And it's like, oh, they're going to sing Sanctuary. I know this. And then it's, they just That's, write something else. Like right. if there's a second verse or third verse. Yeah. yeah. Or Forget potentially it. a fourth verse. God only knows. One for every bishop in every diocese. Right. <laughs> Each bishop has to write their own lines. Yeah. But the the one that we all know, the verse that we all know, the one that is consistent, is it's wonderful. I mean, what it's saying is wonderful. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. I mean, that's like getting this, I am a child of God, I'm a creation of God. Prepare this body, this mind, this heart to to be good and pure and holy, you know. But where when we sing sanctuary, it's often... In some part of a retreat when all the lights are out and the candles are on and we all want to cry, you know. And so we associate it with this sort of heaviness and this sort of, oh, oh my gosh, sanctuary always makes me cry. You know, like, why? <laughs> you yeah. know, it's it's not actually a song to make you cry. It's a, it's a really beautiful sort of readying prayer for yourself. And but because of the context and the way that we use it, it, it carries this other meaning with it. Yeah. It's, and it's. It's interesting because, like, there are other songs like that, and especially mm-hmm. in different places. So sure. where I came from, Diocese of Florida, there's that song that we sing here in Atlanta called Dance With Me. Won't you dance with me? Mm-hmm. In Florida, it was the slow time, hey, this is a serious moment, mm-hmm. and it had this kind of wavy tempo to it. Here like, it's like, won't like you ballad. dance with me? And, you know, going back to, like, you saying with your Camp Michael thing, like you didn't want to tear down somebody's song. Mm -hmm. It's weird the emotions we have towards youth songs. Mm -hmm. So like I got here and I'm like, they've ruined Dance With Me and they're ruining other songs. Right. (laughs) Um, But like, why do you think we hold on? And I I don't know if people get this way over like hymns in the blue book. 
Uh, and maybe that's because old people do. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's because you know they are are written and sung and played a specific way. Mm-hmm. Um, right but like I hold on, yeah, I hold on to certain songs that I like from summer camp and happening and youth group mm-hmm. with like the most clenched fists ever. Mm-hmm. And I will fight someone <laughs> if they're going to sit there and say. Uh, Pick a song, Days of Elijah, yeah. is, you know, uh, heretical. Right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so one, as Ashley was talking, I was thinking about how I actually like Sanctuary to be right before Eucharist. Because mm-hmm. to me, like, that's like the preparation of your body as a temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, like, reminding yourself that you're about to enter into a different space. Yeah. Um, and so, like, so I think that there's something powerful about that. So I appreciate... Actually, like your words, like re- kind of reminding me of that, like why I like sanctuary, like specifically being right before Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, but Matt, to your point about um, about like the sacredness of of songs, and I think even with hymns, um, there are hymns that you know p- that people can play and get play on guitar, and there are a lot more interesting um, via guitar. But I've also had people who have said like, "Whoa, that was different." not sure about that one or you (laughs) or i think like you go to a different diocese and you hear a song that that you're used to um and and they play it differently so like when i moved down to florida um and you guys started singing uh alleluia and i was like why is this so slow and i am about to fall asleep Maybe they want me to go to sleep. I don't know. It was right before bedtime. <laughs> it probably was. It was the bedtime song. <laughs> um, but for me, like, that song is, you know, is a little bit faster and a little bit more movement in it and and a, and a little bit more interesting. But I, but I also knew that it wasn't my place to then say, excuse me, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Wallace Bitten. You're doing this wrong. You need to change what you're doing. <laughs> I don't care that I'm at a different place and in a different, um, at a different camp right now. You are not doing this the way that I grew up doing it. Um, and so even at St. David's now, there are songs that they enjoyed, enjoy singing that I have to be careful about uh, offending anyone because... I either do not like that song or I would rather sing it in a different way right. or even different chords. And I have to be like mindful that right. it's not mm. my thing to change. I think the way that we hold on to them speaks to just how important music is in our life, life of faith. You know, I think St. Augustine said, he who sings prays twice, right? So it's like when you are singing, you're engaging your your whole being in in such a different way and and so you know kids who sort of say well I love going to happening but I don't really I don't know about my faith well ask them what their favorite song is and the reason they love that song is because for those three minutes they feel connected to something you know and and everybody has it and everybody has a rolodex of their favorite worship songs or their favorite songs to hear in church even if they're mostly Christmas songs like those are times when you in your heart feel close to God. And so it's, I think that's where it comes from, whether we're conscious of it or not. Mm. I think that's why we get so sort of rigid about the right and wrong ways to sing things, because it was the first time you heard it that one way, that's what made you connect. 
and that's so you're going to hold it as so very sacred. Yeah. You know? And I think part of youth ministry is finding ways to get kids to connect with that. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a lot of songs, like each kid has their one mm-hmm. and that's their go to. So it makes sense that music is integral to youth ministry because, I mean, kids are musical people most mm-hmm. of the time. Um, a lot of them play instruments mm-hmm. with the invention of Spotify and iTunes. Right. Like, it's so easy for kids. They have a lot more access. Yeah. I mean, I have a youth group Spotify of songs from happening mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Oh, that's right. And whenever kids are like, hey, I like some of those songs. Where can I find them? I just send them the Spotify right. link. I mean, and as weird as it sounds, they're all things that fit with what I want to, you know, teach and, sure. and say. Yeah. Um, I mean, these these songs are the soundtrack of our faith, right? I mean, you have everybody has their playlist for fall or rainy day or driving across the country, right? And this is no different than any of the other sort of secular occasions when we build a playlist. I mean, these these songs are how we worship. And so I think it's it, it's a really neat job as youth ministers, and it sounds like n- none of us are doing this very well right now, but to help them understand what those songs are to them and, and how they can help them connect. You know, it's not just background noise. It's a lot more than that. Yeah. I think it's really interesting to ask kids, like, what songs they that they don't enjoy. Mm. Um, because I feel like, at least for me, I've realized, even in church, I sometimes recognize the songs that I don't like as much more than I rec- recognize the ones that I do like. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know why, why that is. Like, I'll be like, open up the hymn book and I'll look at it and I'll be like, nope, this is not my jam. Or uh, there's one that they sing here in in the Dice of Atlanta that each time, as soon as I start to hear the chord progression, I'm like... What is it? Beautiful, you have to say it. Beautiful, scandalous night. It doesn't yeah, make yeah. any sense to me. I mean, yeah. rationally it does, but I just would use different words. That's right. Really, I'd just take out scandalous and find another three-syllable word to put in that bad boy. <laughs> so... Yeah, I was going to say, um, so when I was in parish youth ministry, like music was fundamental to our program. I think that was a large part because I was 23 when I started in youth ministry. And that was my crutch for yeah. youth group was, hey, we can sing songs for 20 minutes. And, and kids are going to dig it. And they loved it. Yeah. And it was all camp songs I grew up with. It was all happening songs I grew up with and then it really helped prepare them for like new beginnings and happening because we were using the same songbook so my youth were going to retreats super engaged super pumped up May the Road became our closing song for youth group every single like they wouldn't leave until we played May the Road for like senior high EYC and um it became like a really special way for, and for those of you that don't know, May the Road, it's the Irish Blessing, very simple lyrics, just, it's kind of a, until we see, until we see each other again, farewell song. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that worked really well for us. And the, the other thing, and this might be something you might want to talk about, but what it did for our program, it became a very powerful tool of discipleship because we had youth start to play guitar because they were so into the music we were doing. And, you know, by the time, like when I was leaving St. Columbus, I wasn't worried about the music program for a youth group because we had 
two or three youth that at this time were like seasoned, had been playing for a couple of years, were on a uh, happening music team, and they would check in with me, you know, throughout the transition, and, and I would always ask, so music's going well, and they're like, oh, music's our, music's like our saving grace right now for like youth group as we transition. So that so there's a there's a perspective of like how it was really fundamental for a program, and um, I, th- I think it can be transformative for a program. Yeah, well, and I think the idea of like music bumping up leadership within youth. I mean, mm-hmm. to watch a kid who plays guitar go from getting up and standing in the back and just kind of hitting every other chord to being able to stand up and lead by themselves. And that is such like a natural progression that just comes with putting them in the right places at the right time. But then that's a very good talent or or strong thing for youth to be able to do. If they can stand up and play guitar in front of a crowd, then they can stand up in front of a group and and say stuff. Mm -hmm. And so there's a, a transition there that I think is very powerful. How So we've talked about yay music we're all on board with it how do we actually like do something with it at our churches because you know i've never worked for a church that and this is not a slight against any of the churches i've ever worked at oh i'm gonna call them all (laughs) (laughs) i've never been i've never worked at a church that's like what if we had a guitar every sunday um if you catch (laughs) what i'm trying to say um so like how do we how do we mesh these two words worlds together? Because the world of youth music and what youth group uh, youth dig and like and want to play is not always what's being done on Sunday mornings. Or is there is do we just accept that they're separated and move on with our lives? I think what's really interesting is to watch how different communities engage music. So for instance, at my at the church that I grew up at, um, St. Matthew's in Snellville, Georgia, uh, shout out. The uh, we you know most Sundays we we sang normal church hymn music. Um, we had a junior choir while when I was in middle school, and that kind of faded away as I entered into high school, mainly because the ones who would have stayed in it were in high school and they were transitioning to other things. Um, and the once a quarter at that point, we had a like folk mass, um, and they played some of like, they played songs that I would hear at new beginnings or at happening, but it definitely engaged an older community that liked the folk style folk style music i guess would be the way that i would describe that um and so it didn't necessarily so not that younger people weren't involved and weren't engaged they they were but it was definitely a more seasoned group of people who were about that type about that style of music when you looked at uh when i went when i worked in ponte vedra um at christ church shout out again um, Do you just want to go down the list of every church you've ever stepped foot in? We don't have to. Okay, I will. Um, but when I was at Christ Church, they had a contemporary worship service, um, along with your regular other church services, but they had a, uh, specifically a contemporary worship service. And that's where we saw the majority of our uh, teenagers and um, 
younger parents and and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think you just have to call a spade a spade. You can't like go back and forth between hymns and contemporary in one service. That's a little jarring. But if there is a demand for it and in whatever context you're in, I think sure, you know, a a really well done contemporary service can be great for youth and if they play the guitar, great. But, you know, if they play the bass clarinet, I wouldn't put them in the contemporary <laughs> service. I'd put them in, in the hymn service, you know. Um, what if they played, like, tenor sax? That could be a crossover. It'd be, like, a little jazzy. Right. But I think there are ways to involve youth in the life, in the the music of the church in contemporary worship and in traditional worship. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, there are ways to get them plugged in because youth, are, by the way, are people too. And they, some of them do like hymns, just like all the rest of us, yep. or some of us prefer hymns. And so, you know, asking them what they want and then they'll plug in as they can. I yeah. And I think that's a big thing. Like I tell my kids, you don't have to like every song that you hear in church. Right. I don't like every song I hear in church. Right. Probably the choir director doesn't like right. every song they play in church. Mm-hmm. So that's natural. Right. You're, you're going to hear some that you're like, oh, this is nice. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear some communion music that you're like, I like this. Um, you don't have to like every single thing that is piped mm-hmm. through an organ. Just like I don't like everything that is strum, strummed? Strummed? Strammed. Strammed. Strammed, strum, strummed on a guitar, you know, when we're at camp right. or at, at youth group. But teaching them to look at the words. So they yeah. may not like the the tune. They might not like it. But saying, okay, well, play a little game with yourself and see if you can figure out what about this text has anything to do with what we're reading today. Yeah. Because, you know, if it's good, if it's good worship, they are connected. Um, so teaching them that, I think we can do that. Let's pause for a moment. And we want to offer you a resource for the episode. Wallace, you have the resource for this episode. I sure do. It's a great resource. (laughs) Resource of the episode. You know, sometimes kids like to dance. They do? Yeah. And sometimes they just need to be energized because they're sleepy and sometimes feeling super quiet. And you just need to, like, get their energy up. So you should really look into energizers. And if you're looking for... Uh, more information about energizers, just examples of energizers. Um, think about when you had to <laughs> when you had to do the Macarena in fifth grade in front of all of your parents um, <laughs> at g- fifth grade graduation. Um, this will be like that, except for less awkward. Um, so you can check out the check out EYC DIO ATL on Vimeo for our energizers. We have ones on all sorts of songs like the church clap which you heard before in this episode awesome so the last thing i want to end on there are obviously other songs in the world besides yay jesus songs no yeah um what role do songs that are not typically christian like i had the kid come up to me and say i've been listening to christian songs like the fray Mm -hmm. like what role do they play in youth group because First off, I always have a panic attack when a kid pulls out his phone. Is like, I heard this great song this week, mm-hmm. and I it's going to be a, a, a Russian roulette of how far in the song do we get before I have to say that's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I know youth programs that play secular songs that don't have any bad words in them that may just be fine. I mean, the big one is "Lean on Me." 
seems like every mm-hmm. summer camp that I've ever been to sings Lean on Me. Mm-hmm. And in nowhere in that song does it say God or Jesus. But at the same time, it's not a bad message. Yeah, it's pretty on point with Jesus's agenda. Yeah. And, yeah. So like where do songs that are not labeled Christian or praise and worship like do we take the risk and just play them in youth group? Do we just be like, no, it has to have Jesus in it somewhere? I mean, like, my biggest beef is when somebody is like, oh, Need to Breathe. Well, yes, Need to Breathe has Christian songs. Not everything Need to Breathe does mm-hmm. is stylized like a praise and worship song or should be sung with 80 people in a room. Mm-hmm. I was washed by water. <laughs> that one, I, that's one of my, like, I don't want to sing this. Because it's more of a story than a... You know what, Matt? You're something beautiful. Oh, gosh. Hey, brother. <laughs> the rest of the episode is us just going, <laughs> need to breathe puns. Do that for a while. <laughs> they have a large selection of music, so we could go all day. Um, no, I think that that's all about discerning. And I think it's okay to 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 say to a kid, you know, let me like sit on this for a, for a little bit. Let if, me Google the lyrics. Yeah. I yeah. think it's really the first step. Yeah. Who's this childish Gambino? <laughs> <laughs> I never played it during. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you can, I think that's all about discernment and, and taking a step and looking at the lyrics, looking at how you can tie, <laughs> can you tie in banana pancakes into, by Jack Johnson? I forgot who that is um into into how like our relationship with god i would venture to say probably not um considering that's talking about something completely different jesus is the banana we are the pancakes oh god (laughs) um but but i think that uh that's one of those things that you're that that us as youth leaders can sit back and look through and and then you can turn that into a teaching moment of one not every song has to deals with your faith but two how do we tie that in um for instance the bishop used chance the rapper lyrics at confirmation at a confirmation sermon um uh last year uh so you know if the bishop does it then fair game i think yeah i think there's a time and a place for everything i mean there's certainly secular songs that are deeply spiritual to me and um which Eminem song is that again (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Slim Shady. Uh, but, yeah, I think there's a time and a place for it. I, I, and I'm, like, as we're talking about this, I'm starting to think maybe not in worship. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that my, for, and I, this is not a fully developed thought, but there's something in me that thinks maybe not in worship. Yeah. Um, because that actually is about Jesus. And, and I don't think you should have to sort of do detective work to figure out why what you're singing is about Jesus. Yeah. So. so then how in youth group? I mean, if we're talking about, like, I don't think anyone's getting up on Sunday morning and being like, we're going to play, you know, Lean on Me for the Offertory Hymn. Right. Maybe there are. We do that at Youth Sunday, I think. Yeah. Or we have. Like, how do you how do you classify this is worship time in youth group? Or do you have worship time? And these there are certain things going on in worship time. Because, hmm. like, for me... Like, as bad as it sounds, I don't know if I get up in youth group on Sunday and be like, this is worship. Yeah. This is designated worship time. Right. I don't, I wouldn't call it that. I think it's just sort of togetherness and we're singing, which is praying, which is that worship. 
that's probably a bigger conversation. Yeah. But is that like cheapening worship in itself to make it just like everything other else? Right. That's what I'm saying. That's a bigger conversation. Like, yeah. I think I don't, if we want to talk about what worship is, we should probably do a whole nother episode. <laughs> worship friend or foe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Friend. Very much friend. <laughs> Depends on where you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think, I think what I'm, what I mean is in church with Eucharist or within sort of a sort of organized liturgy. Mm. That's where it feels like maybe not, but maybe there is a place for it. I don't know. Yeah. I I would say that if you're doing my advice is if you're doing a youth Sunday and you're going to have guitars and like do stuff like that, be intentional about looking at the liturgy and figuring out what songs like fit in because I know that people can be very particular about music, especially if they're choir directors, especially if they have a caller Mm -hmm. when it comes to the theology. And so that being said, if you want them to take it, take you seriously, because I think that's part of the issue is a lot of times if we don't take it seriously, Mm -hmm. then why the heck should we expect other people to take it seriously as well? So if you're planning a service that is for youth or youth and adults, like when we play in our, you know, I work with Clayton, who's in, you know, he's in the process, but like Clayton helps me put together all my liturgy. He makes song suggestions off of our songbook, like based on, cause he's better at that than I am. And so we're able to kind of work as a team on that. So work with other people on putting together liturgy that, that drives that message home for the day. And I think too, you can kind of trick people into liking something. So like, there are a lot of hymns that have been moved over to guitar. If you're walking into a church situation and you're doing Youth Sunday and you sense the congregation is not kosher with six strings, um, consider doing like hymns put to a guitar to come maybe. Come thou fount. Yeah, come thou fount. Um, all creatures of our God and King, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Why are you picking all songs that I don't like? <laughs> <laughs> Those are just all the ones that we did at my summer camp that were. Seek ye first, classy. Keep it yeah, classy. That's a good one. Servant song. Yeah. Keep it classy. Then I'll maybe fly later. away. That's like traditional. That's like but Baptist revival. See, but I have like I'll fly away. I like that song, but then I started looking at the words. I'm like, where am I flying away to? Heaven. Yeah, but do I believe that about heaven that I ascend? Like it's just it's one of those Jesus things you were ascended. talking about of like looking at the words mm-hmm. and thinking well, does this mesh with what I believe about this? Mm-hmm. I mean, and for 20-something years, I was just bopping along. One glad morning. I'm going to sprout wings. <laughs> hey, like a bird from literally prison my walls I've flown. <laughs> Thanks for joining in on this episode. We hope you learned something, thought about something, rethought something, and maybe about how you incorporate music into your program or your church, or maybe just thought about what role music plays If you liked what you heard, you can give us a review on your podcast app, wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, just by searching the name of this podcast, Episcopal Youth Ministry and ATL. We're going to close with a prayer. Ashley, you want to pray? Sure. Gracious God, here we are in your midst, humbled by all of the blessings that you've given us in this life grateful for everything that you do to stir in us. Help us to have discerning ears as we engage our 
love for you in the form of songs and dance and fellowship and worship. Help us to know your will in all that we do. In the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.